Derek has made it to Ohio a few times. We've not made it back to Colorado. And frankly, I'm bothered by the fact that when I finally get here, he leaves town. That <laughs> uh, could give you a complex if you were normal, but don't worry. Um, I do have one special announcement from Raleigh Stoneman. Throw away those Elvis records. The hot tamales are back in town. Is, does that sound right? <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I don't want to take a lot of time here uh, with introductions. We're, we're actually going to be here all week and, and be with you in the uh, picnic. So we'd love to take time and talk throughout the week and after service and everything. So I don't want to take up the time now. I'd rather use this time uh, ministering something from the Word of God. Is that all right? Amen. So we're, we want to turn to the Scripture. And I have a uh, message here that um, God's been dealing with me about, I believe, uh, called uh, the Shamar Blessing. And it's from Psalm 121. And uh, the text is a short one. I love it when I come to town and... Um, Start reading entire chapters out of the Bible, but it is, it, it is, it is a short one. So uh, if you'd read along with me or listen anyway, the Bible says there, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time and forever. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say, I want it. And by God's help, I'm going to get it today. All right, there's one. Is there another? Amen. The next uh, text, let's just go ahead and, and go to the next one, John chapter 14. And we'll bring, um, you know, it was uh, the great uh, Saint, Saint Augustine that said that the, that the old... Testament is in the New Testament revealed. The new is in the old concealed and the old is in the new revealed. So when we read something in the Old Testament, we don't want to just make a doctrine out of it. We want to go to the New Testament and see how it is revealed. How is it that we're supposed to interpret this Old Testament passage? So I'm trying to read, but I've started preaching already. But many times you'll find that this is how things get messed up. A lot of uh, strange doctrines come out of the Old Testament. Uh, and what has happened is, is we've not gone to the New Testament to see how we are supposed to interpret that. You understand what I'm saying? You know, smite thy enemies could uh, be pretty tough in the Old Testament. You better go to the New Testament and see how Jesus interpreted that for us. Well, here's how he, I believe he helps us interpret Psalm 121. 
beginning with verse 16. Jesus is praying. Now, how many of y'all believe that the one person in time-space history who's going to get his prayers answered is Jesus? Amen? So I believe that if Jesus prayed this, this was answered. Amen? Here's what Jesus said he was going to do. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. Now listen, do you hear the Old Testament passage? I will lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Jesus is helping us understand it with this passage. I'll give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Then pick up verse number 25. Is that right? Okay. Marvelous. Don't even can't read my own notes. Amen. These things have I spoken to you while abiding with you. But the Helper, who is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Let's pray. Father, we just ask you right now that you will minister to us by your Holy Spirit through your Holy Word. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. So I get to talk to you today about the Shamar blessing. And the text is actually from Psalm 121. So uh, Psalm 121, in order to kind of get the feel for this, you can go ahead to the next one. Yeah, in order to get the feel for this, we sort of need to understand a little bit about the background of this psalm. Psalm 121 is a psalm of ascent. There were 15 of those uh, that are in the psalms from 130 to one, uh, uh, 120 to 134 that they sang as they went to Jerusalem. They, they, every Jew was required to go to Jerusalem three times a year for these major feasts. Now imagine you're living in Colorado Springs and Jerusalem is uh, above Denver, maybe all the way to Wyoming, and you've got to get there. People today can't get to church service when it's around the corner. I didn't mean to start meddling so quickly, but anyway, here, here they are. They're going clear to Jerusalem three times a year as a pilgrimage. And as they went, they sang these psalms. And as they sang these psalms, it prepared them for the great celebration that they would experience in Jerusalem for either Passover or Pentecost or the Feast of Tabernacles. So they're going along and they're singing these psalms. Psalm 121 is one of those songs that they would have been singing on this journey. They would sing it to one another. And you know what happens sometimes as you start saying something and singing something that's encouraging to somebody? It begins to get inside of your heart, and it begins to encourage other people. This is what was happening during the entire journey as they traveled together. They generally traveled as groups because there were thieves and robbers 
that would take a take an opportunity there. They knew when the feasts were, so they would be laying in wait, and you know, uh, yeah, there they come. There's only two or three there. We'll take them, we'll, and they would rob them. So they had a sense of security given to them as they sang these songs. They, they had a sense of satisfaction as their hearts were prepared to go to the great feast. That's the background of this psalm. Now, there are three key words in this psalm that help us unlock the meaning of what God's telling us. They are the word help, the word Lord, and the word shamar. The word help is um, one of those crazy Bible words that it actually means the same thing to us now as it did then. I like those ones. doesn't require a lot of brain exercise there. The word Lord, I love this in our Old Testament. We miss this so much. This is the covenant name of God. It's in the uh, Old Testament over 6,800 times. This is Yahweh. This is what God said. This is my name, and this will be my name forever. This is the God who makes covenant with people. This is the God that promises to be with you in good times and in bad times. This is the God that says, I will release my blessing of Shamar. And to your life. The word shamar is in this psalm six different times. Go ahead and give me the next slide. Shamar, this is my definition, so it's got to be right. Say amen, Raleigh. <laughs> oh, I love it when a plan comes together. Shamar is the covenant blessing of the covenant Lord, meaning to hedge about as with thorns, to guard, to protect, to preserve, to watch, to attend to. This, this word, shamar, is used many, many times in the Bible. and I, I, We see it really in Genesis. Do you remember in, in the book of Genesis, what was Adam's job in the garden? Anybody remember? He was to keep the garden, right? That's that word, shamar. That means to protect from talking snakes if they come in there and try to wreck the whole thing, right? See? I like the King James on that one because he told him to keep the garden from every living thing that creepeth. And we all know the devil's a creep, so right there should have been the first indicator, right? Amen. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. How many of you know that it was Adam's job to keep intruders out of the garden? Keep the garden. Protect, guard, preserve the garden. Shamar. Another use that I love is David in, in, in 1 Samuel 17. David was told by his father, go and take this food to your older brothers. Anybody remember that story? And, but do you know part of the story is that David had to find somebody to keep the sheep before he could leave and go take the stuff? It's this word here. This word is used many times as the word of a shepherd. What a shepherd does to sheep. A shepherd keeps the sheep. See? Now, now if you're a Bible scholar, you already, know, you already know what I'm doing, right? How many of you know the other psalm that's real popular? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not 
lack. I shall not want. I shall not have any lack of any kind that my shepherd doesn't meet. If I need food, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. If I need water, he leads me beside the still water. If I need protection, his rod and his staff are there to comfort me. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord keeps his sheep. Amen? That's what that word means. All right. How does this work? How does God keep his sheep? How does the Lord, the great shepherd, keep his sheep? I'm glad you ask. You see, we need clarity in the church. You, you, you know what I'm saying? We have all these, these Hebrew words and, and uh, Greek words and everything. A lot of times what we're missing is clarity. Sort of reminds me of the story when uh, little Johnny went to church with his mother. And Johnny said, Mom, I have to pee. Now, I just shocked some of you. <laughs> we passed it right down there. It's in Ohio, but it's right on the border of West Virginia, so we say pee. Okay? Mom, I have to pee. Well, Mom was just like some of you. She said, Johnny, you don't say pee in church. Well, what do I say, Mom, when I've got to go? Just tell me you got to whisper. Mom, I have to whisper. Well, next Sunday, Johnny comes to church with his dad, and he's sitting beside his dad, and he says to his dad, Dad, i got to whisper. Dad says, that's all right, son. Just do it in my ear. <laughs> so it's real important that we clarify the meaning of words. Amen? Amen. Do you feel my pain? Anybody? We need to clarify the words. Well, we want to clarify this word today, shamar, and clarify what does it mean that the Lord is my helper and my keeper? What does that mean? Well, what it means, first of all, is the source of our help. He says here, I'll lift up my eyes to the mountains from where my, shall my help come from. My help comes from the Lord. What the psalmist is doing there is he is revealing the source of our help you know life is a whole lot simpler as a christian if we just realize right from the get-go that jesus is our source see jesus is the source of our help we try all kinds of other every new fad every new fangled dangled idea that comes around or try this or try that you know jump hold your ear and jump three times on your right leg anything to get a blessing but the reality is too often we're seeking the blessing and not seeking the blesser the Lord is our source. The Lord is the one who knows exactly what we need. He knows exactly when we need it. And he knows exactly how to minister the kind of help and the kind of blessing we need. Amen, somebody? So the psalmist says, I'll lift up my eyes to the Lord. And, and just to clarify who I'm talking about, I'm talking about the one who created heaven and earth. See, God who has all this design, God who knows exactly 
what's going to happen to you and I tomorrow. He already knows. You know why? Because he's Yahweh. He is the one who was and is and is to come. Or Yahweh in the Old Testament would be a good name for that would be I am. Not I was and not even I will be, but I am. Because if you go into the future, guess what? God's I am. If you go to the past, guess what? God is still I am. He's the ever-present one. And he knows exactly where you and I are at and what we need. Amen? That's where our help comes from. He is the source of our blessing. He's the source. He's the source. He's the one who created heaven and earth. You know, you ever thought, Colorado Springs, right? What's the date? May 31st? You could pick a date. May 31st, 2049. You can go on the internet right now and look May 31st, 2049, and, and see what time the sun's going to rise. You know what I'm talking about? It'll show you. It'll be right there. Just, you know, 536 or whatever a.m., right? Why is that? Because God is a God of design, see? We're not living a life of just flopping around out here. You know what I'm saying? Life is not just hitting us with things that, that they may be uh, unexplainable to us, but God is a God of design. He knows exactly what he's doing in our lives. He knows exactly when he created planet Earth. Let me say it this way. What time is it? How much? I got, oh, I got two more hours. Okay, just relax. Get comfortable. <laughs> Send out for pizza, whatever we need. Just... When he created planet Earth, do you realize if the sun was just a little closer to Earth or Earth was, were a little closer to the sun, that we would burn up? Do you know that? I mean, I'm not much, just a little. If the sun was just a little further away, we'd freeze to death. A God that takes that much care knows exactly where we're at. Amen? And he's able to keep us. That's the source of our blessing. Amen? I'd like to say more on that, but I better hurry up. So how does, how does the Shamar blessing come to us? How do we receive the Shamar blessing? Well, it comes, next slide, by he communicates his stability to us. Do you know we're living in a very shaky world? Amen? You know what I'm talking about? How far in debt are we now? About 20 trillion? You know, there are major financial systems ready to collapse. Clean water is a, is a real problem. We just don't know about it. That nuclear disaster could happen. That sounds like an apocalypse story or something. But I'm telling you, it's a shaky world. We're in a shaky existence. What we need in this life is stability. Amen. You ever felt like in your life that you're kind of flopping around and you could use some, some uh, stability? I know I have. Let me just tell you something. God blesses his people with stability. So we ask, how does the Lord bless his people? He, he blesses his people with stability. See, you and I don't need to be flopping around with the rest of the world. We're the ones that should have our feet planted on the solid rock. Amen. We're the ones who should be uh, stable. Matter of fact, we're the people who don't necessarily have all the answers, but we've got something better. Peter said it this way. Peter said that they would ask you about the hope 
that is in you. Hey, we're living in a hopeless world. A lot of people today have lost hope. You know what I'm talking about? Hope is not to be defined as when all else fails, I guess all we can do is hope now. Hope in the Bible is a strong assurance. Hope is grounded, see? We have hope. We have a hope that the world cannot understand. Do you know why? Because the Holy Spirit ministers to this. I'll lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? Comes from the Lord, see? Who is that helper? Jesus said, I'll pray the Father. He'll give you another helper. See, the Holy Spirit is in our lives not just to give us chill bumps and not just to make us feel good, but the Holy Spirit is in our lives to minister the, the blessings of God that we need when we need them. Isn't that good news? Amen. See, the truth of the matter is we don't keep ourselves. I, I'm afraid sometimes that we preach so much about free will let me just plow a little deeper, deep for a few minutes. Lock the plow in place. We preach so much about our decisions and our free will and how much control that we have that we end up brainwashing ourselves into believing that it's all resting on us. What I'm here to tell you today is, is that the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is the one who's keeping you because I want to tell you what, in this life you are going to fall down. In this life, you are going to make mistakes. In this life, bad things are going to happen. In this life, you are going to have tough times. But guess what? The Lord is your helper. The Lord is the one who keeps you. Is that good news? Amen. He's keeping me. That means that he is not sleeping on the job. He gives personal attention. How long has it been... Since you talk to a human being on the phone. See, we don't get very much personal attention nowadays. I, I, I've actually made phone calls before. And you go from computer to computer to computer. Until you finally get somebody in India. But that's a whole other issue. But, but, but my point is, is that we get very little personal attention today. But the Lord is watching every part of your life. And He is ministering the blessing of Shamar. He's protecting. He's guarding. He's keeping. He's preserving your life. See, God does that. God's the preserver. We, um, I don't even know if it, a lot of you guys that were here back decades ago and knew us, knew that, you know, we have the three older boys Stephen, David, and Philip. David was a twin. And Jonathan was his brother. We didn't know we were having twins. Kind of a surprise attack. Jonathan and David were born way prematurely. And the doctors said, Jonathan looks good, baby boy A. But David had a hole in his heart, a collapsed lung, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We don't give him much hope. 17 days later, Jonathan's lungs crystallize. 
And Jonathan's gone like that. He's in heaven. David is 28 years old today and has a little red-headed uh, daughter of his own. And it's still, he went through intense pain, profuse sweating, difficulty breathing, violent convulsions. I mean, every, he's gone through everything. I'm amazed at children. I, I don't know why they don't come out with a helmet on or something and knee pads. Because how a kid ever gets raised is a miracle. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they hit their head. They fall down the steps. They, everything. Do, do you know why a kid gets raised? Because the Lord is our keeper. See? No parent is good enough to raise a child from the womb to, I was going to say through college, but nowadays you kind of raise them through the 40s or Well, never mind. <laughs> stop. Stop. I need some water. When, when David was 20... One, David and Philip, his next younger brother, were following us from Chickasha, Oklahoma. Don't ask me to spell that. It was raining so badly, we had to pull off the side of the road. Couldn't see a thing. How many of you know that's when the idiots come out on the highway? Never mind. All you need is snow or a lot of rain, and then you find out who has a real brain or why common sense is not so common anymore in this day and age. But anyway, oh, are we going to get through this? How much time do I have left? <laughs> who said that? I like you. Are you getting anything out of this? Stability. Our stability is not based on us. Jesus is the one that said he would put us in the palm of his hand and no one would be able to pluck us out. That's stable. And that's not based on me. That's based on grace. Grace that I can't even understand. Grace before I could even spell grace. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. As we were along the side of the road that day, we, uh, Angie and, uh, and I, and, and Hannah actually, she was just knee-high to a tadpole. And we were in front of them. And David and Philip pulled him behind. And as I was sitting there, constantly watching in my rearview mirror in our van, I see a car coming right directly for the boys. And I know they're, this is it. No time for prayer. Now, I will tell you, for Jonathan and David, 20-some years before, we prayed. Everybody and their brother prayed. Their sister, their uncle, their first cousin's nephew that was divorced and remarried to the... Everybody prayed. And Jonathan went to heaven. This time, I had no time to pray. You, you want to hear my faith confession? I looked in the rearview mirror, and I said, they're dead. No time to pray or anything. I just knew it. That he's going. Next thing I hear is the, rear, the car mirror hitting the side of our van. So I knew something happened. The guy pulls off in front of us and we wait for the rain to uh, 
to slow down. And he gets out and comes back. You know what the man said? Probably don't. That's why I'm telling the story. So I'll, I'll go ahead and fill you in on this one. Are we having fun yet? This is all right. I'm trying to preach, but I'm just so comfortable. I'm just having fun. The man came back here and as God is my witness, he said, I thought I was hitting them for sure. I don't know what happened. Something pushed me off of that car. And just to let us know how close he got, he took the mirror off. So it wasn't just an optical illusion. What was the difference between the two situations? And what is the real difference between real Christian faith and the rest of the nonsense? It's this. God keeps his people. God gives us the protection, the safety, the shamar blessing. He guards, he keeps, he takes care of us better than any parent does. He keeps us. We don't keep ourselves. See, the truth of the matter is, is if I could keep myself, I wouldn't need a Savior. It applies to you too, so I'm not just trying to be overly humble here, right? It applies to you too. If we could keep ourselves, we wouldn't need a Savior. Let me go. I better go on to the next point or we're going to run out of time. What time am I supposed to be quitting? I know that's not too professional, but give me 10 more minutes, will you please? 10 here, 15 where? <laughs> 15, there's 15. How about 20? 20, okay, good. Sold to 20. Now, stability. How does the Lord keep his people? How does the Lord help his people? How He does it through the Shamar blessing. He does it by giving us stability. He does it by giving us security. Let me tell you, one of the biggest things that people seek today is security. That's why we have security systems on our home. That's why we are all seeking financial security. That's why people want to have security in their old age. That would be me. I'm old and I want some security. You know, we need security, but true security only comes from God. Did we go to stability? Yeah, give me that one. The Lord is your keeper. This word that's translated keeper, guard, protect. We miss the whole meaning of the psalm because we don't realize it's the same word all the way through. It's shamar, see? The Lord will keep his people. He'll protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. You know what the cold hard reality is most of the time? Is that we put a lot of things ahead of our soul. Jesus said, what would it profit a man if he would gain the whole world and lose his soul? So, see, see, our, our values are messed up. And the truth of the matter is, is God is more interested in our soul than anything else. Jesus came to save our souls, see? Now, the fringe benefit is, is that the body gets to come along with it in the resurrection. So, you know, it's a package deal. But the primary part is the soul. He came to save our souls. Not to make us comfortable. Matter of fact, God's more interested in your character than he is in your comfort. Amen? Security. Uh, did you get enough information there to fill out your points? You, did you get the... Line filled in. We'll go on to the next one then. 
And then the next one is satisfaction. I'd like to stay about 20 minutes on this one. The Lord will shamar your going out and your coming in from this day forward. You know why people don't stay in church? I didn't jump off subject, by the way. Sounded like I did, but I didn't. Because they're not satisfied. See, so what do we do as preachers? We try, you know, monkeys on the church bus and pass out candies and stuff, kids with, you know, whatever, you know, that we got, because we got to get people satisfied. The fact of the matter is, is true satisfaction only comes from right relationship with God. We can put monkeys on the church bus till Jesus comes back. We can have hot air balloons and everything. But satisfaction only comes by truly having a right relationship with Jesus. Amen, somebody. See, and that's satisfaction. That's living a life that the world can't understand. This is, this is walking in the Spirit. Jesus said that when the Helper comes, the world can't receive it. it, it can't see him it doesn't understand him it has no clue what you're talking about you know why because he comes inside of us and he gives us desire to follow jesus hey i'm going to go as far today to tell you that that doesn't come from you either if you've got godly desire today if you have a desire inside of you to follow jesus that is a precious gift of god you ought to hold on to that fan that uh, water it three times a day whatever it takes to make it grow but keep that thing alive because holy desire is a precious gift if you love jesus you show up see the bible says that he's going to save all who call upon the name of the Lord. That's what that really means in the original language, is to show up. See? You know, in the old days, if you called on somebody, what'd you do? Yeah, you showed up at their house. Yeah. See? Calling on the Lord is showing up. Calling on the Lord is having a desire to follow after him. And what I'm trying to tell you today is, is that... Let me say it this way. God's not against pleasure. God's not against your satisfaction. What God's saying is he wants your pleasure to be in him and your satisfaction to be in him. And he'll give it to you. Amen? How many of you know that? How many of you have, have, have become addicted to Jesus? See, that's what it really is. You know, you're around an addict, somebody that's addicted to alcohol or drugs or something, and you, you know what really happens is their whole life follows after this addiction. All the lies, all the, everything, the money, everything is wrapped around that addiction. That's what satisfaction in God is, is when you're so addicted to Jesus that you follow after him and you pursue him in that same way. Amen? satisfaction the shamar blessing is that he will satisfy your soul amen and he'll help you he'll help you all right so let me try to bring this to a close do i have another slide aha i do one of my favorite verses in the bible is uh, the blessing the the Aaronic blessing okay i'll take two more minutes and just show you this the Jews would bless the children of Israel like this, okay? This is the letter for El Shaddai, okay? And what Aaron, what 
what Aaron was to do was to go to the people and, and hold the name of the Lord up and say, the Lord bless you and keep you. And the Hebrew, that would be shamar you. The Lord uh, lift up his countenance to you. That's when that somebody walks into the room and see, that's what that is. That's what God does to his people. He lifts up his countenance to them and grants you peace. See, that, that's what this reminds me of, the blessing you're going out, you're coming in. It's that kind of a blessing. But this thing comes from the Lord. It only comes from him. And the Bible said, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I'd love to go into some meanings of that word saved. But let me tell you something today. Here's what I'm getting to. Did you show up today? I mean, did you really show up or is just, just your body here or did you bring the rest of you? If you showed up today, you can receive God's blessing. See? You receive by calling upon the name of the Lord. And God says he'll put his name on you. This is how you do it. By calling on the name of the Lord. By believing. And that's what the Holy Spirit's here to do today. Is to minister us in this way. Let me give you a practical guideline of how that's done. Angie's favorite verse is 1 Peter 5, 7. Now in the Amplified, 1 Peter 5, 7 says it this way. Can I read it? Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. That sounds a whole lot like the Shamar blessing, doesn't it? Amen. That's God's opinion of us. That's what God wants for each of his children. Help is a pretty simple word. But it's also a very important and complex word. If a car falls on your foot, you need help. It becomes a whole lot more meaningful then than if you spill a little water on your shirt and you need a little help here, see? The beautiful thing about the blessing of God is, is it applies to all of life. God has sent His Spirit to help us, to give us confidence and assurance that He's with us through everything. And He'll never leave you or forsake you. I'm just going to finish with one more little story that just pops into my mind. 19, I'll say it this way, the year was 1990. And I had met one Derek Sissel for a month or two, I think at that point, in Germany. And uh, let me just say it this way, because I don't have a lot of time. My boss was a werewolf. Anybody had any of them? Okay. He was a werewolf who was a Christian minister, actually, but despised the working of the Holy Spirit and seen that in me so there was a hateful, uh, a disdain, a, uh, well, he didn't love me. We didn't have warm and fuzzy conversations. We, okay, you got the point. 
One day, my wife's standing out in the hall, and he's beating on his desk declaring, I'm going to send you back to the farm. I was at a spiritual low. Living for God, working, I don't know, it seemed like 20 hours a day for this guy, and, and threats, and, and just, you, you, know, you know what I'm talking about without going into a lot of detail. And I remember... I was too tired to pray. I couldn't really keep myself. You know what I mean? I was too tired to pray. I was too wore out by the whole situation. I just wanted to get out of the army. Be done with that chapter of our lives. I felt forsaken. And I'll never forget... I was standing in the back of the chapel at Larson Chapel. And I stood there, and I hadn't felt it for a while. But I felt the presence of God come on me. I didn't work it up. I didn't even prime the pump. It was His grace. It was the Shamar blessing. It was God telling me. I've not forsaken you. I know where you're at. I know what you're going through. That's the Lord we serve today. That's the Lord that loves us. And I will tell you, from that moment on, things turned. He was rehabilitatively sent to another command. And, uh, and Derek has talked about some of the revival and stuff that we had over there uh, after that time. But you know what? Life is that way oftentimes. I, I, I'm reminded of the word that God spoke to us before we went to Germany, that you're on the threshold. It was a strange word, but it was on, you're on the threshold of God moving in your life, but it's going to be bittersweet. But you'll be able to endure the hardship involved because you know, you'll know that it's the will of God being enacted. And let me tell you something. God is very close to a contrite and broken spirit. Regardless of what you might be going through today, regardless of what you might feel today, regardless of what may be in your past, the Lord is your helper and keeper. And He has blessing for you if you will call on His name. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. We thank you for what you've done in Jesus Christ. We thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to help us through this life. Help each and every one of us to know your presence greater than we've ever known in the past. To know your love greater than we've ever known. Help each and every one of us to receive the blessing of God that you have for us. Amen. Let me ask you to do one thing here real quickly. That priest of the Old Testament invoked blessing over the others. Do you know who the priests are in the New Covenant? Everybody do this. You don't have to make that face, but, but, but do this. Turn to somebody beside you right now and just say these words. 
the Lord bless you and keep you. Now, if you don't like the person that you're sitting beside, no, I'm sorry about that. Let me give you a challenge. In the days ahead, as often as you can think of it, even when you feel like saying something else, husbands, wives, Lord, Lord, Lord. Say that to one another. The Lord bless you and keep you. Just like those folks on the journey. We're on a journey too. And we can bless one another and encourage one another. God bless you. All right. Let's-